0: Welcome to What Christians Should Know, How You Can Apply Biblical Principles to Everyday Life. Hello everyone, I am your host Dr. Elijah Sadafal. In this short, we will take a look at the strategy Satan uses against people in order to hurt them. This lesson will be relevant because as we shall see, with knowledge of the devil's strategies, we will be better equipped to defend ourselves against his attacks. God provided us with a blueprint for how the adversary operates in Genesis 3. As a whole, the Bible reveals that Satan targets your body through suffering so that you become impatient and reject God's grace. Satan attacks your will, puffs you up with pride, and makes you independent of God. Satan also attacks your conscience in an attempt to burden you with guilt over sin. These are all secondary strategies with secondary targets. Today, we'll focus on three specific ways that Satan attacks his primary target, your mind. To make sure that everyone knows where we are, the Bible begins in Genesis. In Genesis 1, God makes all of creation, including Adam, Eve, and paradise in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 2, God instructs Adam to cultivate and keep the garden. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 16-17, to 17, God commands Adam and says, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you will surely die." Chapter 3 comes next, and I will read verses 1-5. to That text says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden"?'" The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The first point I will make is that Satan attacks your mind by distracting you. Now, let's dissect what happens here in Genesis. The serpent, or the devil, begins by asking a question. He asks, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? There is education in this question because the serpent began his assault on Eve by distracting her and talking about God. Not about her, not about him, but about God. So, by keeping the topic of conversation on something righteous, the serpent effectively distracted Eve. Even more, Satan went big and used a big distraction, God himself. This distraction then sets Eve up for Satan's lie. So, the serpent starts a conversation whose object is God, and this relates to modernity in a very simple way. That is, just because discussions, debates, or dialogues are focused on God, does not mean they have godly intent. The seminary that I attended used to host what they called interfaith dialogues all the time. What the dialogues focused on was superficially something noble, like advocating for the poor or brainstorming ideas about how to address a community problem. People gathered under the banner of interfaith, and as long as you kept talking about social issues, everyone got along just fine. But when it came to having a serious conversation about which God was really God, people kept their theology at home, lest they offended anyone else from another faith. The point then is that you had these interfaith movements that acted to address a societal problem, but never a spiritual one. People could therefore have a temporal problem solved in the name of faith but never actually have a serious conversation about which faith secures their eternity. That was the distraction in having something that presumably was about God when in reality the main focus was really indifferent to him. Hence, the serpent likes to distract you and he'll do it by talking about God. The second point is that Satan attacks your mind by deluding you. After Satan asks, indeed has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden, how does Eve respond? She responds by thinking that she has the ability to reinterpret God's word. Again, the question the serpent asks is very subtle, but buried in the question is the implication that Eve may now judge God's truth on her own scale. In other words, you owe it to yourself to rethink what God said. In Genesis 3, when the serpent asks Eve what God said, she says, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But what did God actually say? He said in Genesis 2.16, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely. So, when Eve interprets what God said, she omits a word. What's the next thing Eve says? She says, From the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. And what did God actually say? In Genesis 2.17, he says, But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you will surely die. In this case, Eve added to what God actually said. The danger here is obvious. When a person is deluded and believes they are able to rethink, reconsider, or reinterpret what God has said, the invariable conclusion is to either subtract from God's Word or to add to it. The bottom line is that God does not need a guidance counselor or an editor, but many religious systems have been predicated on the simple premise that God did not really say what He meant or meant what He said. Therefore, someone has to correct it. The delusion is twofold, that God needs help and that a creature is the one to help him. There is a reason why in the end of Revelation, Jesus gives us all a warning not to change any of the words in the Bible, because if we begin tinkering with God's word, we fall under the delusion that we can fine-tune what is already perfect and established in heaven forever. The third point is that Satan attacks your mind by deceiving you. In Genesis 3 verse 5, after Eve is done talking, the serpent speaks. He says, You surely will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You surely will not die is the first lie recorded in human history. This, of course, is a direct contradiction to God who said, if you eat of the tree, you will surely die. Satan is a liar by nature and liars are allergic to the truth. So this is what liars do. They deceive and pollute what is true by attacking the truth with lies. In fact, the best lies take the meat of truth and wrap it up with the skin of deception. We have to be mindful, though, that Satan did not just stop here with the lie. He actually lied and then offered a substitution for the truth by saying, Not only will you not die if you eat of the tree, but you will be like God. Satan deceives by turning everything on its head. He turns a prohibited act into an avenue for self-improvement. He makes God the bad guy and himself the good guy. He makes what is evil socially acceptable and what is good old-fashioned and outdated. He turned the sin of eating the fruit of the tree into an opportunity for individual promotion. In his deception, the devil wants you to think of God as cruel. He wants you to think of God as holding out on you, which is why he put a forbidden tree of knowledge in the Garden of Eden. This is a lie because God is not holding out on you. The forbidden tree was a test, and in order for humanity to serve God freely, then a choice had to be possible. After all, obedience is only an option if disobedience is a reality. Out of love, God gave Adam and Eve a free choice as to what they wanted to do. In his deception, the devil wants you to think of God with doubt. The devil doubted God and then he offered the substitute of, you will be like God. This deception has been used all throughout human history and has led people to develop ideologies that are just substitutes for God. If you don't like God's objective truth, you substitute it with relativism. If you don't like God as creator, you substitute it with scientific atheism. If you don't like God's morality, then you just substitute it with what's culturally acceptable. In his deception, the devil wants you to think of God with mistrust. If you trust God is right about everything, then you'll be okay in God your refuge. If, however, you mistrust him and go about it your own way, then you're left to figure it all out based on experience. The deception is persuading you to believe that you know better, but nothing can make you more vulnerable than to leave your father's protection and take on eternity all by yourself. So what have we learned? That the devil likes to distract you, to delude you, and to deceive you. These are all attacks aimed at the mind. Satan accomplishes his will by lies. Faith in Satan ultimately leads to defeat. God accomplishes his will through truth. Faith in God leads to victory. God's truth is found only and exclusively in the Bible, the Word of God. So while the devil attacks our minds, we have the mind of God. What does that mean? It does not mean that we know as much as God does, nor can we think something into existence. By no means. It does mean that as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2.16 that we have the mind of Christ. Minds express themselves in language and God has spoken to us finally and fully in Jesus Christ who is the Word made flesh. Minds produce language and the Bible contains all those words that God has revealed to us. It tells us who God is and what He has done. God revealed Himself in words to minds. This is why God revealed himself in a book and not in a movie or a song so that our minds can read and examine God's word. Hence, if we know, study, and meditate on God's Word, then we have the mind of God. This is why the Bible is more than a book, it is the greatest material resource that ever existed. A mind saturated with God is continually renewed, cleansed, and satisfied. A mind saturated with God also has no room for anything else, including the lies of the adversary. You and I are no match for Satan, but Satan is no match for the truth of God's Word. The word of God is the sword that we carry in our hands that never rusts, never decays, and is able to cut through every lie the adversary has ever aimed at us. Praise God. Thank you for listening. For more valuable content, including written transcripts, a bookstore, and online Bible study, please visit WCSK.org.